It's a very interesting story here in the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. We have a woman and a man who is taking the prophet of God into their home as he passes by them continually, the Bible says. They reached a point that they built a wall chamber or a room onto their house for him to turn into when he came by there. As you learn through the text as we read this morning, I'm just going to give you a quick little rundown here and then I'll get to the point of where we need to get to. Because of the generosity of this man and this woman, the prophet asked what would be done for her. Gehazi, the servant of the prophet, noticed that there was no child in the home and the husband was old, as the Bible says. And the prophet spoke and said, at the next season, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And basically what she said was, don't get my hopes up for something that is beyond happening. You see, sometimes we think things in our life are beyond the point of happening. But God. But God. According to the word of the prophet at the time of the next year, about the same time, the woman bore a child. One day the young lad goes out to his father and he complains of his head hurting and he instructs his servants to take the child back to the home to the mother and the Bible simply and very specifically states that he was sitting in the lap of his mother and died. That's what the Bible said. You see, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to God's people. I think I said that last week. But can I just tell you this morning that no matter the crisis, no matter the tragedy, faith still prevails. I said no matter the crisis, no matter the tragedy, no matter the position you find yourself in, faith still prevails. See, I've come to learn that unusual feats of strength are often displayed in the midst of difficult times and situations. A sudden surge of adrenaline can cause an apparent weakling to do things that he ordinarily could not do. You and I truly don't understand the power that resides inside of us until it's called upon to respond. And so it is with our faith. I'm reminded of Paul's words in Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Most people do not know their potential, the potential of their faith. Most people don't understand the potential of their faith because they've never fully put it to use. They've never tested it. It's not been tried. Perhaps never challenged in their faith. But can I just tell you that nothing will try your faith quite like a crisis or a tragedy. The Shunammite woman had a crisis moment in her life. Let me point out some things I notice about this woman. Number one, it was her perception. 
The Bible said that she told her husband that she perceived that this was a holy man of God. The truth is, this was the first time this statement had ever been made about one of God's people. The consistency of Elisha to go to Mount Carmel and serve and worship God impressed upon this woman his faithfulness. She did not look for an opportunity to find fault or criticize. She looked for an opportunity to serve. How did she do that? Because she tells her husband, let's build him a room in the house so he's got a place to rest. We're going to put a bed in there. We're going to put a table in there. We're going to put a lamp in there. He can, he can pray. He can turn in and rest. We'll feed him. We'll make room for the prophet. Now understand in the Old Testament that the prophets spoke on behalf of God. When was the last time we made room for God? When was the last time we made strategic room for Him? This woman and her husband built this room so the prophet would have a place to turn in. And let me just tell you, I believe that there are times and opportunities that God leads us to do certain things and if we will be obedient, there is a reward on the backside of it. The reality of it is, this woman was simply trying to do something for the man of God, not knowing exactly what was going to happen down the road. But I believe, because of her perception that he was a man of God, that perhaps maybe, just maybe, God moved on her heart to tell her husband, we've got to make room for him. He's going to continue to come by this way. He's going to need a place to rest. And as the story goes, as the prophet comes by one day, he was willing to speak on her behalf. He was willing to do something for her, and she didn't really need anything. She lived among her own people, and Gehazi said, I don't see any toys in the front yard. I don't see any children running around, and she, she, needs, she needs a son. Paraphrasing just a moment here. And Elisha says, at the time of the next season, you're going to have a child. She was given a promise by the spokesperson of God, by the prophet of God. As the promise was made, she basically said, don't get my hopes up for something that you and I both know can't happen. My husband's old. And if her husband was old, perhaps she was even past childbearing years. But you see, God likes to work in the impossible. God likes to step into the scene when everything else says, this can't be, this won't be, this is out of the ordinary, there's nothing we can do, there's nothing else that can be done. That's when God says, now I'm ready to move in and show you what I can do. I made a statement one time a few years ago and the Lord just called it to my mind. When a miracle is all you need, a miracle is all He's got. When everybody's telling you, we can't fix it, we can't do it, we don't have 
a solution. We don't have an answer. Can I just tell you that God is still your answer. He is still your solution. You don't need to look to anyone else except the author and the finisher of your faith. No matter the tragedy, no matter the crisis, Jesus is the answer. She bears a son. One day the young lad goes out with the father. Complains of his head hurting. Scholars and theologians believe a sunstroke or what we would call today a heat stroke is what he suffered. The husband says to his servant, take this child back home to the mother. Not only did she have some perception and she had a promise, but she had a problem. You see, I'm going to preach right here. Just because we get a promise, we think we're exempt from problems. I've got a promise, I'm not going to have a problem. No, the minute you get a promise is the minute you're probably going to have a problem. Listen. Let me just pause right here and tell you what the lady said to the pastor one day. She said, Pastor, I don't have all the problems with the devil like you always talk about having and other people talk about having. And he looked at her and he said, Ma'am, two cars traveling in the same direction seldom hit head on either. You see, the reality of it is when you're doing something for God or you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or when you are where you're supposed to be and you're in the middle of his will, you can expect the enemy to come against you. You can expect to have a problem. Why did she have a problem? Because she perceived that there was a man of God and she made room for him. She was blessing the man of God. Don't you think the devil was mad? And all of a sudden we got a problem. This young boy is sitting on the mother's lap. He grew sick. And the Bible is very plain when it said he died. Now she has a dilemma. What do you do when you're holding on to a dead promise? What are you going to do when the promise that you have in your hands seemingly has died? Let me tell you what the woman did. The woman got up. She took the young boy into the prophet's room. Laid him on the prophet's bed. And the Bible says she shut the door. Why? She knew that the room that they'd put on the house for the prophet was a place where the presence of God had been dwelling. The prophet of God had been there to rest. The prophet had been there to pray. The prophet had been there to get in touch with the Lord. She put him in the place where the presence of God had been. That's why the house of God is so important. When you can walk into the house like you have today and you can sense and feel the presence of God, you can know that where the presence of God is dwelling in your midst, anything is possible if you can only believe. 
You say, well, preacher, you don't understand how big of a task it is. You don't understand what I'm going through. Child of God, I come by to tell somebody this morning, it doesn't matter how big your problem is. My God is bigger than your problem. He's greater than your problem. If you'll just turn your eyes unto Him, He has the answer today. Ah, bless it, God. She put him on the prophet's bed. She shut the door. Don't miss that. She shut the door. She shut the door. When you shut the door, it means there's no entrance allowed. There's no admittance allowed. Hello, somebody. Some of us need to shut some doors in our life. Some of us need to close some doors in our life. Because you've got some things that have been entering in that don't need to be entering in. Here, here's, here's, here's what I love about this story. This woman had this hit her unexpectedly. It hit her at a moment's notice. It hit her from the blind side. Anybody ever understand what I'm talking about? You ever had something like that happen? She wasn't anticipating it. She wasn't expecting it. She wasn't even prepared for it because she didn't know it was going to happen. She had a choice. My Lord, I feel like preaching right here. She had a choice. The boy died in her lap. She had a choice. She could pick up the phone and call the mortician or she could pick up the phone and find out that Jesus is still on the main line. Tell him what you want. I said he's still on the main line. Tell him what you want today. She had a choice to make. She had a decision to make. Make funeral plans or make resurrection plans. She got up and retreated to the prophet's room and laid him on the bed and shut the door. Then she tells one of the servants, bring me a donkey, I need to take a trip. The husband says, where are you going? I'm going to the man of God. Why are you going to the man of God? It's not Sabbath, it's not new moon, it's not the time that you're supposed to be going to worship and do all of those things. No, I'm going. Is everything alright? Everything's fine, it is well. See, some of us have got to change our declaration. Some of us has got to change our proclamation. Some of us has got to change our, our prophecy over ourselves and start looking at some situations and decreeing and declaring it is well. It may not look well. It may not feel well. It may not sound well. But God is still on the throne and I decree and declare today that it is well in my home. It is well with my kids. It is well on my job. It is well in every aspect of my life. I don't have time to talk about it. I don't have time to discuss it. I don't have time to hear your opinion about it. I'm not being unkind, but everybody wants to tell you what they think. 
Everybody wants to give you their opinion. Honey, I love you, but I don't have time for your opinion. I don't have time for what you think. All I can tell you is despite what it looks like, despite what it feels like, despite what the atmosphere says it is, I'm telling you it is well. Why is it well? It's well because I know where I'm going. It's well because I know to whom I'm headed. It's well because I know that I know that I know that there's something on the inside of me that tells me it's well. I love this. She tells the servant, don't you slow down your pace. Don't you stop to greet anybody. Keep on riding. Ride on, baby, ride on. Because just as soon as you pass one that wants to give you their opinion and tell you what they think, you got somebody else waiting down the road that wants to tell you what they think and give you their opinion. Oh, honey, they mean well, but you need to shut the door. I said they mean well, but you need to shut the door. You don't have to tell your business to everybody. I'm going to shake that bush one more time. I said, you don't have to tell your business to everybody. Just pray and believe God with me. Well, what you need me to believe God? God knows the need. You just pray and believe God for me. Because while people mean well, sometimes they predetermine whether God's going to meet your need or not. And it determines how, the, how hard they're going to pray for your need. Hello, somebody. But I'm just telling you today, shut some doors. Shut some doors. You got to see what happens here. She's got a problem, but she knew where to take the problem. I said she knew where to take the problem. Let me just tell you, we are not immune from trouble today. I've said this, I don't know, the last two or three weeks it seems like. The book of Job tells us a man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Hello, somebody. Trouble comes, but trouble goes. You got to know where to get to. She didn't only have a problem, but she had a procedure. You see, it's one thing to have a problem. It's another thing to have a procedure. If you have a problem and no procedure, then you're not going to get your problem fixed. But if you have a procedure to deal with your problem then guess what? You can get an answer to your problem. She went to the right place. Verse 21 says, he went out to the spring, I'm sorry, verse 21, get to the right chapter, preacher. Verse 21 says, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door behind him and went out. She had a procedure. She went to the right place. She put him on the bed. If you want healing, you got to go to the healing place. If you want revival in your life, you got to go to the revival place. She went to the right person. Watch what happens. When she gets to where the man of God is and his servant Gehazi, the prophet sent Gehazi out to her. There's that Shunammite woman. Look at verse 25. She went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her, when the man of God saw her, at a distance, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, there's a Shunammite. Look at verse 26. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she told Gehazi, It is well. 
But she didn't stop with Gehazi. I didn't read verse 27 because I wanted to get to it at this point. But verse 27 says, when she came to the man of God, <laughs> she caught hold of his feet. Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is troubled within her and the Lord has hidden it from me and not told me. She wasn't satisfied with Gehazi. You see, if she could perceive a man of God, she could certainly perceive a crook. Let's talk about Gehazi for just a moment. Gehazi was a servant of the prophet Elisha. He enjoyed a position of power, but was ultimately corrupt, misusing his authority to cheat Naaman the Syrian. You understand, remember Naaman? He was afflicted with leprosy. And as punishment, Elisha cursed Gehazi, transferring Naaman's leprosy to him and his descendants forever. That's what your Bible says. She wasn't satisfied with the servant of the man of God. I got to get to the man of God. Don't settle for less than the best. Take your problem to Jesus. Take your problem to the foot of the cross. I like it like this. Give up and let Jesus take over. Give up. We used to sing that song. And let Jesus take over. Get it out of your hands. Let me tell you what I just heard the Holy Ghost say. I've never seen this before quite like this. But this is the difference between sometimes what we would do and what the Shunammite woman did. Wouldn't it have made sense to take the child with her to the man of God? Wouldn't that have made sense? Isn't that what we do? We carry the problem with us? Not her. She left it in the presence of God. And she went empty-handed to the man of God. Because if she'd have carried the dead son, she'd have had to explain to everybody she passed what she was doing with the dead son. But she left him in the prophet's room. My Lord. I said she left him in the prophet's room. Just give up and let Jesus take over. Take your problem out of your hands and put it in his and don't touch it. Let it go. Trust Him. Trust Him. She made the right proclamation. She, no doubt, being the, a mother of this child, knew this child was dead. She knew His lifeless body lay upon her lap. She knew when she walked into the prophet's room that she laid a lifeless body upon the prophet's bed. But not one time did this woman ever say, My son is dead. Not one time. All she ever said is, it is well. It is well. It is well. It is, why? Because she knew if she ever got the man of God to her house, and she ever got the man of God where the problem was at, it would be well. I'm just here to tell somebody today, it is well. It is well. It is well. 
You've got to profess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. It is well. What is it in your life today that seems to be troubled? What is it in your life today that seems to not be well? Open your mouth and begin to speak. It is well. I just came by to tell somebody this morning, it ain't over till it's over. And it ain't over until God says it's over. You better begin to prophesy. It is well. I wish somebody would stand to your feet this morning and begin to open your mouth and speak. It is well over my situation. It is well over my problem. It is well over my family. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well today. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care how much sense it makes uh, that it's not well. I decree and I declare today uh, it's not over. God's not finished. God's not given up. It shall be well today. I just come by to tell somebody this morning, there's a miracle with your name on it. There's a miracle with your name on it. I said there's a miracle with your name on it. There's a blessing coming your way. God has seen your faithfulness. God has witnessed your faithfulness. And he is sending the miracle to your house today. The answer's on the way. The answer's on the way. You see, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs tells us, they that love us shall eat the fruit thereof. You can either speak life to your miracle or you can speak death to it. Speak it by faith. I'm not talking about some name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. I'm talking about calling those things that are not as though they were according to the word of the living God. It is well. It don't look well. It don't feel well. It don't sound well. But it is, it is well today. It is well. 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 I just feel like prophesying this morning. It is well, sis. It is well. 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 Preacher, you don't understand. I'm tired. I get it. I'm worn out. I get it. I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread. I understand. But child of God, hear this preacher today. Jehovah has not given up on you. He has not lost sight of where you are. He is fully aware of where you are and what you're going through. And he sent this preacher by to tell you today, it's not time to give up. It's time to get a hold of God one more time. It shall be well.
I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this room. I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this room. I feel the power of God moving in this house. Gehazi took the staff back, laid it upon the son who was lifeless and dead. When Elisha got to the room, the Bible says he went in and he shut the door. And he stretched himself out on top of the young boy, placed his mouth upon his mouth. My blessed God. Can I just tell you how the story ends right here? The Bible says the boy came back to life. He sneezed seven times. God's perfect number. I'm here to tell you this morning, God has not lost sight of you. God's not forgotten where you are. God knows exactly what you're going through. You may have thought, I'm going there today, and it's just going to be a Sunday morning service. But I've stopped by to tell you today that God knew you would be here. He knew he would change the message. He knew he was setting you up for what you had need of. All you need to do is prophesy, it is well. Who am I talking to this morning? I'm done. I'm about to pray for some folk. Who am I talking to this morning? Who is the Holy Ghost talking to this morning? More so than the preacher. Who is the Holy Ghost talking to through this preacher this morning? You've been going through it. You've been dealing with it. You've been trying to navigate it. You've been trying to figure out what's going to happen. God just sent somebody by to remind you it's going to be well. Stand with me all over this house.